Druids and cars go into festivals. They can chat about things. It's a druid podcast in cars. Sometimes the best parts of festivals are the discussions that surround them, reflections on what we did and heard, anticipation of what's to come, and processing what it all means in relation to our spiritual work. We wanted to help either introduce you to that phenomenon or extend it for you. That's what this is about. I'm Reverend Jana Vende. And I'm Reverend Michael J. Dangler. We're priests of Arnriach Fane and members of Three Cranes Grove ADF in Columbus, Ohio. We're recording these sessions actually live in cars, actually going to festivals and events, so you will hear road noise, turn signals, and navigation prompts. But that's part of what makes it fun. So... Sit back and enjoy Druids in Cars going to festivals. So one of the things that we were asked about this past weekend was joy. How do you find joy in your Druidry? How do you bring joy to Druidry? How does joy impact uh, your relationship with the spirits? So we thought we'd talk a little bit about joy. Joy. One of the things for me that that immediately comes to mind is, of course, my initiatory work. Uh, The the tools that I was given during my initiation, the the spiritual tools that I received, were focus, the center, and joy. And the the idea of being able to focus and get stuff done, but also focus and... um, drill into something and really kind of dive in on a project was one of those things. And then the center, being able to uh, center myself, center the the cosmos, uh, center others, and then, of course, there's joy. And Druidry has always been a joyful thing to me. It feels joyful. It is a, a wonderful experience for me and receiving that as a tool was kind of eye-opening because I, I had never really thought in context about what Druidry can do for others in terms of joy and happiness and the, the work that we do and yet here it was popping up in my vision eye saying, hey, look at me. Um, this is one of those things that just it grabbed me and held on to me and it said, this is part of what you need to do. Yeah, I think, I mean, Drew is also extremely joyful to me. I mean, among other things, but joy is a, I would say a key part of it. Um, because I feel like if you're not experiencing joy in your religion that something isn't matching up right for you um joy is part of you know it's part of connection and it's part of uh the dopamine that happens in your brain when things are going well and I, I feel like that's um you know an important part of that experience for me when we talk about how how do you feel joy in, in like a ritual headspace. Um, for me, I feel the most joy when I'm able to 
let go of preconceived notions and let go of um, artificial judgment and just open up and speak. Um, and for me, it, it it is almost the actual like verbal act of speaking um, as opposed to like silent prayers where I, I light a candle or something like that. But it's um, when I'm when I'm experiencing that joy, it is it is active. Yeah, the way that I tend to describe it, so joy for me is not happiness necessarily, so much as it is fulfillment and connection and flow in a lot of ways. Um, there's a religious studies term for uh, certain states of mind, and one of them is the flow state. And it is when I am in that flow state, when everything works, when everything is flowing, when everything is connected and moving in the way that it's expected to move in kind of a, a, a religious sense, that is that is kind of what joy feels like to me. It feels full and flowing. And active. And like, active, like, yeah. Yeah, so like when I'm, that's, you're describing what I'm trying to make my mouth say. I, there are a lot of advantages to a, a depth of religious studies yes. terminology, and that's one of them. Yes. <laughs> um, and I definitely agree with the fulfillment is a um, it is more so than like happiness. Yeah. Um, like the best thing I can think of to kind of explain that is like. When I am playing guitar, which is a very um, spiritual experience for me generally, like most of the music I play is devotional or spiritual in nature. Um, but for instance, I can be playing a sad song, like a it, it's about sad emotions, it's about uh, like bad things, whatever. But it gives me a sense of fulfillment to play. Like, I I enjoy playing, even though the song is sad. Yeah. Um, I can see that. And, I mean, even, you know, sad songs make some sense as something that you would still find joy in, but even the, the process of running a funeral, mm -hmm. which is not fun and not a joyful occasion um, it can be very fulfilling and when you hit the flow it can still feel good it can still feel like the right thing to do yeah exactly um, and I think that has a lot to do with um, it, it's a good analogy for how joy is not necessarily happiness it is the fulfillment, it is the flow, it is the way that everything kind of works and dovetails together uh, to create that feeling of joyfulness. Um, and the ability to pass that on to others as well, to help others achieve a religious experience that feels full, that feels complete, that feels connective, 
think that is another aspect of that joy um, where we try and, and draw it all together and, and provide it out to those who need it. Now, I'm thinking about your three tools right now yeah. um, and how they could work together. Like this idea that if you focus joy, that you can center experiences, you can center people, you can center um, cosmos by like a lens focusing the joy, the, like a uh, magnifying glass. Indeed, I can burn ants with it. <laughs> um, the, the, the way that I typically describe those, free, those three tools as one is joyfully focused on the center. Okay, yeah. And, and so it all, it all does center on that center and the focus on it. And the, it is the joy that draws the focus to the center in a lot of ways. So it starts with the joy. And so I make sure that I'm feeling it when I do the work. Yeah, I just feel like looking at your three tools, like you can get different meanings out them yeah. based on the order you put them in. Like you could be centered in joy in order to focus. Like yep. it it just the way that they they flow together is yeah. it's it's kind of weird because I see them as three tools but not as well. Mm-hmm. I, I, I see them very much as, as kind of a a singular set. And I don't know that I would necessarily say that you can't have one without the other two, but perhaps I cannot have one without the other two. Yeah. Um, to, to, to have that focus, that ability to see things, um, to, to have the center to, to arrive at or to go to, and to have the joy of the, the journey of getting there, all of that seems to, to connect and flow, back to flow again. Yeah. Do you have specific things that bring you joy in both in your spirituality generally and in ritual work specifically? Well, the thing that brings me the most joy is the ritual work. Um, my, my personal spirituality is extremely public-facing. So, I, I am the sort who requires that public ritual piece that ADF provides. Um, I could not get by very well on private devotional ritual alone. It's not what sparks that joy. It's not the thing that um, uplifts me in problematic times. It's doing ritual for other people and being there for other people. Um, It it is a core component of my personal devotional practice to practice non-personal devotional. (laughs) (laughs) If that makes any sense. But, yeah, I I think that's the the key thing that kind of drives um, my own sense of joy in Druidry. My own sense of joy in the reciprocity is the, the action of working with others and providing space and engaging on that level. What about you? Where do you find joy in your practice? Um, I think 
in my, so like in my spirituality generally, I find joy in the small connections. Um, so I like, I find joy in gardening. That is the way that I connect to the natural world. Um, I find joy in um, short prayers with my kids. Um, though sometimes I really just want to do it by myself. But, <laughs> but I also find joy in, in those short prayers and the building of our family traditions. Like that fulfills me. That, that brings me joy. Um, so that is like the personal spirituality. But then like you, I also find joy in this relationship building with other people. Um, specifically as it relates to our, um, our spirituality, our religion, our devotion. Um, I, I find fulfillment in discussing theology with people. I find joy in this pastoral counseling sense, which is often like hard and not happy, right? Yes. But it's fulfilling. It, it brings me joy. Um, and I already mentioned that like in ritual work specifically for me, it is the abandon, like joyful abandonment, like this, um, sense of, of letting go and just being super in the moment and in tune. Yeah. One of the other places that I, I obtain joy from the work is, I, I like to do personal magical work for people as well, and and sometimes when I think about it, you know, I, I think about the things that nourish my soul, um, and primarily there I'm thinking of public ritual and being there for the uh, the group and that kind of stuff, and I, I tend to think about personal magical work and. The, the engagement on that level because I do some of it that is completely divorced from my religious work um, mostly through the store and stuff like that I, I think about that kind of as sugar coated or uh, you know a, a sweet treat kind of thing mm -hmm. um, it, it itches the uh, or it satisfies the sweet tooth um, that I sometimes have um, and it's it's needed to do that. So I, I have to have that part, um, but it's definitely not the same as when I do um, public ritual. It doesn't it doesn't have the same it's not the same long term nutrient value, um, and I don't need it as often. But it's nice to have from time to time. Yeah, I I also find a lot of joy in working with others. So, like, we were discussing um, earlier on this trip that mound work, which is the, the clergy trance work yeah. that we do, um, for, for both of us, is hard to do alone. Yeah. And that it is easier to do with someone else. And so, like, when I get to do tandem trance journeys with you, like, that is a thing that brings me joy because I like doing... I like, I like the way people, especially people who 
have done extensive work together kind of bounce off and build on what the other is doing. I like working with someone else. Um, I, I am not built for solitary paganism. <laughs> I feel you. I really do. Uh, but yeah, so I, I, I find a lot of joy in that, that collaboration work. Yeah. And I'll be honest, it, the collaboration work also keeps you doing it. Yes. Because we have not collaborated the last few months and I could not tell you for sure exactly how many times I have done that work but while it is greater than zero I'm not sure that it's more than two yeah, so yeah. It's, <laughs> I'd have to sit down and actually plot it out but it's it's not common uh, for me to do that on my own it's not because I can't it's not because I don't want to it's because it's more fulfilling to do with someone else. It's more fulfilling. There's an accountability piece, and the accountability alone is more fulfilling. Mm-hmm. Um, it is it is more enjoyable to be held accountable for that work than it is to just try and do it on my own. Yes. Um, yeah. So, yeah, there, there's, there's a lot of weird aspects to joy, I tend mm-hmm. to think. Mm-hmm. Um, and a lot of them come down to, to stuff like that, where it's just like... Uh, it's not stuff that you would associate with joy uh, when you think about the word. Uh, and I mean, even when I, I, you know, I pull Wunyo, which is the uh, the rune for joy in the Elder Fruith Arc. Wunyo means joy. The the image I have of it is of someone jumping up and down, jumping for joy, saying woohoo, woohoo. Um, but and when I interpret it, I interpret it that way, but I don't interpret joy in that way for myself. Um, it's kind of a, a strange experience uh, now that I'm reflecting on that. Yeah, on when I... I so if I had to describe a moment in time or a like visual touchstone for joy, it is watching Nancy and Ritual. Yeah, I could see that. I, it, especially when she calls nature spirits, but really any moment that she is, you can tell she is in the flow. In <laughs> Yes. <laughs> she's in the flow. Things are going and she's just so connected that that, that is what joy looks like to me in Ritual. Yeah. Well, and by that same token, I, I get to, to sit back and watch the bards in our grove manage music, and I can see that joy there, too. That flow when everything's hitting just right, and, you know, you've got drummers and, and singers and guitar all going together. Um, it's, it's nice to watch. It's good to watch. It feels joyful. Um, it's good stuff and I suspect that there are some people who don't really know how to harness the joy in their work um, every so often I'll, I'll encounter someone and, and they're doing the they're doing really good work 
but what's coming through is that they're working hard at it, not that they're in the flow. And I, I wonder if some of that has to do with, I mean, we talked about imposter syndrome a couple episodes ago, um, the, if they've been grabbed by that, you know, fear of not doing it right or, if, or, or what's going on there, I, I wonder what the impediment is to the flow sometimes. I don't know how to get past that for them, but sometimes I look at it and I'm like, I, I wish that I could just see you let it all out because you're, what you're doing is really good. I want to see more and of it. And it's especially hard when you see someone wanting it. Yeah. Um, and it's just not clicking for them. Yeah. And, you know, a lot of that, I mean, we, we remedy that within the group by trying to build up confidence and trying to, um, you know, memorize parts and stuff like that so they have the the vocabulary to draw from well and we also open up to other expressions of spirituality like we haven't done one in a while because of the pandemic but like art nights yeah you know like that is for some people that is their expression of their spirituality and that is the point when they are in that flow yeah and so we try to open up like all these different ways of doing and being yeah, I think that's absolutely correct. The whole process of trying to find that flow and trying to tap into it and draw the joy out is, it's complicated, yeah. but everyone's got it in them, I think. Yeah, I, I think so too. Um, and if, if we're ever in a place where, you know, we meet a person at a festival and, and they're like, how do I get better at this stuff? One of the key things that I, I tend to tell people is, you know, you, you've got to get, you got to pat, get past the things that block the flow and let it continue on. Let it, let it just keep going. And explaining how to do that is sometimes really hard, but everyone can do it. Yeah. It's different for everyone, too, which is why it's really hard to do it. Yeah. <laughs> there are no tried and true uh, methods for it. But that really is what joy is to me, is finding the fulfillment of that flow and letting it, letting it overflow you. Um, one of the places in ritual that I most commonly find it is in uh, an attunement, actually. Um, and for me, I think that's because it comes down to, like, when I see joy in other people, it's the moment of connection. Yeah. And so the attunement, like, that really makes sense to me, that you would experience it then, because that is our, like, we're going to connect to all the pieces of the cosmos. Yep, it's, it's <laughs> earth and sky coming together, filling you up with the joy and the work and the presence of the spirits that's where I tend to find it. Is, you should, is it something like that. You should write and record an attunement that's specifically about bringing joy to the work. I should. I'd have to think about how I want to do that. I don't know how I'd want to do that. But you should do it. Maybe what I would do is I would start deep within the earth, draw up those waters, and take a little bit more time 
with the waters that fill and flow. Yeah. Well, I, I really liked this weekend when um, Kathleen did the attunement. Um, and, you know, one of the cool things about festival is you get to hear the different language that people use. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, she did a very, like, common imagery attunement of pull the waters of potential up, pull the, the light of whatever down. But the, the thing that stuck out to me was allow the light to give order yeah. to the potential, to let it take form. And so, like, thinking about how you could do an attunement that talks about bringing joy to the work, like, let it take shape, let it take form. Yeah. A, a lot of the attunement imagery that I use flows around that notion of fullness. So I, I spend, I tend to spend a lot of time um, in, in my vision eye, and when I speak, um, that's where I am, with the light of the sun on the waters. And the light of the sun on the waters becomes, for me, that holy stuff of magic. Um, it's almost as if it is... Tangible? Tangible, yeah. It, it becomes something that is more physical. And, and I, I want to say, there, there's a lot of descriptive words that I want to use that I don't think are right. So, it's thicker, it has more viscosity, it's, <laughs> I don't know, syrupy, but that's not the right way to put it either, you know? And allow yeah. the syrup of the universe exactly. <laughs> to I, ooze out of you. I, I, I don't want people to have syrup pouring from their hands so much that they feel like they have to wash their hands after the right, you know? It's, but, but that, that idea that it's something that is sticky, that, that, holds to you and that you can form it like clay and that it becomes the thing that you want it to become. That's what's kind of in my head when I do those attunements. Um, that is what that holy stuff of magic is. It is something you can shape and turn into something um, more permanent and more physical. Maybe it's less like syrup and more like mashed potatoes. Maybe that's real what it is. Um, Mashed potatoes are pretty sacred. Yeah. But you, know, you can form them into something. You can sculpt them. You can turn them into something that is uh, that is bright and uh, artistic. And that's kind of what magic is for me, is something that you create from and that you build from. So, yeah. Now, now that I've disgusted everyone with syrupy potatoes and, <laughs> and their vision on. I look forward to hearing your completed attunement that yeah. perhaps does not include sticky foods. Yeah, it will almost certainly not include sticky foods. <laughs> but I'll see what I can do about that. Okay. Thanks for listening, and there's more to come. We welcome your ideas and questions. If there's something you would like to hear us discuss in a future episode, please drop us a line at druidsandcars at threecranes.org. If you'd like to donate, you can do so at threecranes.org slash donate. Druids and Cars Going to Festivals is a production of Three Cranes Grove ADF in Columbus, Ohio. Our theme song's lyrics were written by Arthur Shipkowski, and the music is written and recorded by Mike Beershank. Learn more about our grove at threecranes.org and more about druidry at ADF.org.
As always, keep circulating the tapes and let us pray with a good fire.